Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast interview. This is Roy. I hope you guys are doing okay out there. My guest on this episode is Roy Nostolt from the Flower Kings. They have a brand new album on the way on September 8th called Look At You Now. We talk about that album, a bunch of vinyl reissues that he's been doing over the last year, the upcoming tour, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Before we get started, just a reminder to subscribe to our YouTube channel, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere else. Always follow us on progreport.com and on our socials for all the upcoming news, interviews, reviews, and more. And now my chat with Roy Nestolt. Mr. Roy Nestolt, how's it going, man? How you been? I'm fine, thank you. Fine. Not much of a summer, but it's still summer. <laughs> well, is it as hot over there in, in, in Europe as it is over here? Because uh, well, let's put it this way. Certain parts of Europe, well, it's just crazy hot. Like yeah. Italy, Spain, south of France. Not so much up here in Sweden, actually. Uh, we've got a lot to talk to you about. Um, a lot of uh, reissues, new album, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the oh, brand new yeah. album "Look at You Now" comes out on September eighth. There's a single out now, mm -hmm. "Beginner's Eyes." Uh, great stuff. I mean, I'm always amazed that uh, you just keep coming out with albums, album after album. It, it just never, never stops. How do you keep that going? Uh, how do I do it? Well, I don't know really. <laughs> it's just what I do. I mean, what else can I do? Uh, or that's that's what what bands do, I suppose. And, yeah. um, you know, writing songs, recording them, releasing them for the world to hear. But are you are you going down to, I guess, like your home studio or whatever? Do you, you're going down there every day as like a, as like a routine to let me write today or. I'm actually sitting in my home studio. Home studio today is a very different thing from what it used to be. People used to have big mixing desks. Now everything right. is in the computer, so it's it's a bit like this, you know. I have a little bit of outboard gear and you know, a couple of synthesizers and pianos right. and stuff hidden in here. Guitars and amps, of course, lots of guitars. But no, I mean it's it's. Um, I have the luxury of being able to get up in the morning, have my not coffee in the morning. I have coffee in the afternoon. Actually, <laughs> my <laughs> wife has the coffee. In the morning, I have it in the afternoon. But, uh, you know, uh, do my breakfast and then I go into the studio. Uh, if I'm lucky, I can work with music. Sometimes I just work with, you know, just paperwork, you know, make everything work. All the, um, the, the boring stuff like whatever, making sure flight tickets are booked or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But, you know, on a good day, I can go in here, I can be creative. And normally I, I mean, being a guitar player, I actually most of the time sit down by the keyboard. Um, it's just convenient, you know. And the keyboard today, I mean, hooked up with a computer, you have a keyboard with whatever pianos or organs or violins or percussion sounds, drums. So everything can be programmed from a, a keyboard. And so, some days you just, it's a new idea, right? And that maybe you never use or you use... Uh on an album 10 years from now or i mean is that how oh, it just, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very true in my case it's not like i i want to be in the now but i want to be also sort of looking back at music I've, I've done or done demos for 
for in uh, a very long time. For this album, I think actually, if I remember right, the opening track uh, I think has bits and pieces from a song I wrote even before the Flower Kings ex existed. So that's wow. a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so wait, so I, I was going to ask you about that song, but we could get into that. Um, where, sure. how does that happen? I mean, are you going back and looking at old demos? Was it, was it something you found from the reissues maybe? How, how does that come about? No, well, yeah. I mean, the reissues is more like uh, doing different mixes or, or, or doing uh, a better master for the reissues. But, but uh, generally I go back and I have done so the past few albums go back to songs i've written three years ago five years ago ten years ago in this case even like 25 years ago so uh, because i just found found it interesting to go back and see how did i write songs then probably different than i do now right. uh, trying to avoid it being more like a factory of just doing writing songs because someone is asking for an album things like that so i I imagine I wrote songs different back then, you know, or even like five years ago or ten years ago. Right. So much, yeah. so much music passing through, you know, and and you you uh, you're being influenced or you're having the impressions of, of music you've heard recently or music I haven't heard in a very long time, you know. There's there's certain bands or music I did listen to quite a bit back then, but I don't listen to much now. So. So it's uh, just a way to sort of, you know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah, it sounds great, and it's a great song. Um, so the album is "Look at You Now." Uh, why that title? What's that? What does that title mean? Well, it's actually "Look at You Now," "Look at Us Now," or "Look at You Now." Uh, the band looking at ourselves, or uh, the band looking at the audience, or the audience looking at us. But the funny thing is. We had this um, artwork thing coming up from uh, a guy who just sent me something uh, on Facebook, I think, like a, a message, mm -hmm. you know, uh, talked about uh, his father had, had just died. Uh, he, his father was like a stunt guy in Canada who did flying machines, you know, and stunt stuff. I don't know exactly what they do, but I imagine they're doing all these things, crazy things, you know. Right. And, and his father was a big fan of the Flower Kings and always listened to the Flower Kings. So it's, I guess his son uh, got kind of emotional and, and wanted to get in contact with me and tell the story about his father, blah, blah, blah. And he sent me a few things uh, which I found interesting and said, what else do you have? And can you send more? And he sent more. And he came up with this front of, of the album thing. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> interesting so and uh, and we had that and i presented it to the rest of the band and they liked it and and then just i did just a mock-up to make it look like a, a record you know right um, having the flower kings logo whatever and i just you know there's this eye you know and i i just wrote look at you now <laughs> <laughs> and then we started talking about about possible titles for the album and everything we came up with didn't feel quite right you know and and then i don't know if it was me or someone else said well why, why not use what you have that's that's kind of a cool title yeah yeah so it's if cool. you want it, it is i mean i was wondering because it's sort of like 
you know, we've been here for so long. Look, you know, look, look, look at us now. Look at you now, you know, still doing this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much in the now. And it's also it everything it's I, I sometimes believe in. I mean, the coincidence of everything happening now and this album and this guy contacting me and and it's, you know, it just happens. And then maybe you just listen and oh, maybe this this is meant to happen now, you know. And and uh, and also knowing that, I mean, looking at the, the lyrics of the album, it's it's very much based in the now. So it's not it's not uh, lyrics about uh, the ni- sh- shining nights and and fair ladies and that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> that <sometimes> right. <laughs> people what, say what oh, everybody thinks Prague is about. You, you, it's it's about dragons and knights, and no, yeah. it's not. It's, no, no. This, much about now and, and the other uh so you you've also been on a on a sort of a, a run with double albums and here we have a single album uh still pretty long disc though um was it close to being a double album did you leave stuff off uh, no off? It, it, this time this time we actually decided to not make a double album because we <laughs> made quite quite a few of them actually <laughs> And uh, so we said, Let, let's just try to be to the point and and with the songs and the way we edit the songs and 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 you know let's make a, a single album you know yeah so talk mm. about the the lineup for this this record who who do we have playing on the record with you it's it's basically basically just myself and my brother Michael on bass guitar and and some vocals and Hasse Freberg of course on vocals and guitar and Mirko De Maio our Italian drummer because just just at the time we were starting the recording um, we just came to the point where we realized it will not be possible to have an American keyboard player in the band or any I mean any musician from from America means lots of travel with heavy keyboards and every time you're going to rehearse and everything. So unfortunately, uh, we just came to the point, and this has been talked about for some time, but just came to the point we felt, oh, there's probably a tour coming up and and um, to do the, the tour proper and to get all the rehearsals. And even for the stuff that we've been doing now, uh, springtime, going down going into norway two times you know flying in you know we can't just have someone coming in from america and bringing all the keyboards and <laughs> and you know the hotel costs and the flights and just it's just yeah, yeah. crazy so i mean i mean one guy in america cost me two or three times as much as the guys in the band in sweden because myself and michael and hasse we live pretty much in the same place and mirko is in italy and that's we, we can deal with that right yeah, so that that meant that that uh, and and I asked Zach, do you want to play on the album? Because it's fine, you can play on the album. And he said, well, probably probably not. You know, maybe it's better to to just leave it to you guys. And you you have the keyboards already there. And so it's basically myself playing keyboard. And mm-hmm. we had uh, for two songs we had Lala Larson, who is a guy we played with. I toured with um, with Agents of Mercy some ten years right. ago. So. So he's out. I mean, generally speaking, I would say Lali's uh, more like a fusion jazz keyboard player, you know. But he's so, out playing ABBA music right now with people, you know, and touring. He just came back from America, and he's going there 
back and forth all the time, you know. Nice. Is yeah. is uh so is there gonna be somebody joining on keyboards for for touring? Oh yeah, Lali is joining us for, okay. for the tour. Yeah, and we yeah. have another another guy, Daniel, who lives in here in Uppsala too. So so that makes everything easy, you know. So you just did a few shows, like you said, but you have a big tour coming up uh, soon uh, in October. Quite a, quite a lot of dates. Um, yeah. yeah. What, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming it's going to be part of the new record, part of going back through the catalog. Anything specific on that? That that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you always have to play something from the new record and we happen to like the new record. So we're thinking of playing maybe four or five songs from the new record and then it's going to be uh, mostly a look back at the early Flower Kings albums that seem to go down well with fans. I mean, like Retropolis, Back in the World of Adventure, Start As We Are, Flower Power, um, Unfold the Future, Space Revolver, these kind of albums. So, uh, yeah, it, it it is. And it's it's great to come back and play it again, you know, and, and certain uh, songs always yeah. work live, so. So, yeah, I mean, I want to talk about the reissues that have been going on now for, I think, about a year or, or something like that. Um, and there's been every every few months, a couple of albums coming out that you've, you've, you've remixed some of it or remastered some of it. And they look great, all sorts of different vinyl colors and different things. Um, mm -hmm. What what was the challenge of doing that whole whole thing? And, and was it a challenge? Was it fun? Was it a lot of work? What was it like? It, it was it was both actually a challenge yes uh, because just finding because I had I mean the option is just take the albums as they were and release it but now when I look back twenty years I can hear it I can see sometimes it was tweaked a bit too much it was over compressed so for me to have a chance to remaster them and in some cases remix songs. Is something I, I just had to do, because I felt is it's whatever <laughs> it's it, because you can <laughs> do it proper, you know. Yeah. And then finding you have to understand then that when the band started, we started the first recordings were just recorded reel to reel, uh, and I still have that recorder. We just like a sixteen track reel to reel machine, and then mm -hmm. second album, I think we. We did that in sync with some kind of ADAT at the time, eight channels extra. So we had 24 channels and then did a few albums with that. And then we moved over to hard drive recording system. And then from that point, probably around uh, 2000, we move over to the computer and, and record everything like everyone else, basically. I mean, that's, that's what yeah. happened at the time. So and so that means I I I had to go back and find every tape and uh, in some cases the tapes are very old and they you can't play them anymore. So you had right. you had to put them in an oven <laughs> and bake I've them. Heard, for... I've heard that's a thing. Yeah, that you can. Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on, that's what they did with all the Beatles tape and everything. You know, right. Elton or whoever you know did an album. 25, 30, 35 years ago, they have to go back and, and bake them and then you can play them for a day, I think, and then transfer to the digital media and do it in wow. Pro Tools, whatever. So yeah, that it was a lot of work, 
it was uh, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of not so much fun. And, uh, <laughs> you know, in the end, at least I got to the point where I felt, oh, this sounds much better than the original CD. So I think, I mean, in the end, it was worth it. But you have to remember it. We're talking now about, uh, well, 12 albums, I think, something like that. Yeah, and I think so. Many of them are, are double albums, as you know. Yeah. Um, were there one or two albums that after going through all of this that you figured out you like the most more or more than some others or anything like that? Um, well, I mean, before starting, I, I always had, a, you know, the idea that the, my favorite albums were probably Stardust VR, uh, Space Revolver, and uh, they're still very good albums and uh, sort of in the, in the, in the, in the upper of, of what I consider. It's like, I mean, to be honest, I don't sit around listening to our own music. It, it sounds kind of weird, you know, because no, he's not interested in his own music. Of course I am. Yeah, but I, hear, I hear that from a lot of artists. They all, yeah, they all hear that. I can't really see Todd Rundgren sitting around listening or Paul McCartney or, you know, whatever. Right. But, um, but in this case, you have to do something, you release it, and then you have to make a decision what do I want want this to be, you know? And I had to listen through everything, you know, and, and many, many times because you start uh, remastering, you start uh, remixing, then you listen mm -hmm. to the songs many, many times again, you know? And uh, what was surprising that I felt at the time, I think I felt maybe because of the audience reaction, but I think I and maybe the, the, the rest of the band felt at the time that maybe Rainmaker wasn't that great of an album, you know, it had a few songs. Uh, Adam and Eve wasn't one of our favorite albums, but going back now, I hear it in a different way. So I, right. I was pleasantly surprised how good these albums are and how well they, you know, stand up to, you know, it seems like they have aged well, <laughs> if I may say so. Yeah, I would and say. There's always, there's always stuff that I felt that, oh, maybe that, that song was when 20 minutes and I, could have cut it down to 10 maybe uh there's always going to be songs like that but then you find also songs that you you're pleasantly surprised that how good the songs are and how well performed and the sound is great and everything and they could have been written now or they could have been released last year you know right so yeah i would imagine that would be a fun fun part of it um did did any of the those old albums influence how you looked at the new record when you were putting it together, um, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it, it was uh, kind of, um, you know, interesting to to uh, listen to it, listen to something that I haven't heard in a very long time, and, and you learn something about yourself and and your songwriting, of course, you know. And I, I think what well, I I walked out of this maybe feeling that I should. Um, I should listen less to other artists than I should try to <laughs> listen <laughs> to, to to myself and my my inner voice, whatever you would call it. it it's uh, because I think that's what's great with artists that have uh, their own style or their own. There's always going to be someone else that they're more successful, you know. But if you start listening to the people who are more successful, then maybe you lose yourself in just trying to be someone else, you know, and and uh, 
you have to accept who you are and 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 this is me and maybe I, I won't be the biggest artist in Prague of all time but at least this this is Reiner's music and this is how he writes songs so the influences I I I learned I had is very very much Swedish folk music that I hear some of in the older Flower Kings recordings and there's bits of jazz and classical music and orchestral music and um, yeah the, the bits I liked least are actually the the metal, the riffing things. Um, well, they're okay, but it it just feels like well, there's so many bands doing the riffing, and even more right. today than it was back then. To yeah. be honest, many of them do it really well, and I'm not saying we're not doing it well. It's just like I feel, I can't feel it. It's not in my heart. It's yeah, it's, it's I, not your I, not your lane. Maybe yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's more like the uh, getting to know yourself and your musical tastes. And you, I'm thinking about the the albums I listen to now and the the artists I listen to now and what they what they write and what they present. Uh, I can I can feel it. I think I can feel it more today. That yes, I like that and I like that. If someone talked to me about metal, then I I'm gonna say yes, I like Deep Purple. Because they had a swing, they they were original. The way they mixed up everything, and and uh, and sometimes Led Zeppelin, you know. But many many other metal bands, I'm totally uninterested. I have no interest at all, to be honest. So, but I'm I'm aware that lots of people in the in the progressive rock field adore many of these metal bands, you know. Sure. But it's it's just me. So it's like getting to know yourself and your musical tastes and i mean i i'm not ashamed to say i like folk music or i i listen to opera and, and i listen to classical music because and i get a kick out of it and and jazz i mean i since i was a teenager i listened a lot to jazz and and i get a much bigger kick from that to be honest <laughs> and improvised um, I, I, I love improvised music and i see all these great uh, wind players or pianists and, and and drummers lots of great jazz drummers that's what i get a kick out of Simply. yeah well i mean i think it shows in the music you guys have there's a flower king sound i mean you guys are unique to what the band is that you can tell right away it's your music and i think that's you know it's the most important thing with with writing music is that you have a, a your own sound which you absolutely do i mean it's no question hmm. Um, there's another song on the record, uh, the second track, I think the dream, which I wanted to mention, cause that's fantastic as well. Um, talk about that song a little bit. Yeah. I mean, actually the song came to me in a dream and, and that has happened before. And, and then I was just stupid, not getting up, you know, in the morning and, and, and trying to remember or write it down or, or record it. But this time I, I actually did. Uh, it was probably I, I don't know maybe five or five thirty in the morning. I wake up and I have this music and I have a few phrases of the lyrics. And I think if I go back to sleep now, I won't be able to remember it. So I get up and that's the good thing having a studio at home. Get up, go into the studio, turn everything on, put up the microphone, turn on the piano, and I record a bit, you know. So it's interesting, and and the dream is, uh, yeah, the song is called the dream, and it was actually written, or most of it was written in the dream, you know. Perfect. So 
Yeah, and I was thinking, oh, is this good? I had no idea. And then I sent sent the songs around to the guys and they liked it. And then we recorded the album. And then I think both Michael and Hasse, they were really insisting that, well, this is a great song and and we should uh, we can, should have it like a single. And I said, well, that's maybe not how I see it, but it's a good song. But they were just insisting, no, no, no. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so they 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 could have their way this time. And, and <laughs> I mean, looking back, maybe I hope they're right, because that's the I next thing. I think they might be. That's a good song. I yeah, really like yeah. yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, so so we eat, hopefully we'll hear that soon. Yeah, we're going to put it in the set list and everything. So it's, it's uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes you I can't because I'm too close to the music or maybe I favor something else and, and someone else from the band comes in and say, well, that's a great song. You know, we should should push that a little bit. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one more thing I want to touch on, uh, base with you before I let you go. Um, just uh, was also uh, recently announced the Anderson Stoltz uh, vinyl reissue for Invention of Knowledge, mm-hmm. um, which was that great album you did with John Anderson a few years ago. Um, looks also really cool, nice packaging. You had you had a chance to go back and work on that a little bit. What was revisiting that album like? Well, the truth is, this was I think uh, already five years ago. It was supposed to be like a surround mix. That didn't materialize. I started. I think I, I mixed half of the album, and uh, it was supposed to be like uh, some sort of a package, you know, with the remixes and stuff like that. Twenty-four bit uh, ninety-six. Um, so I already had these mixes, and mm-hmm. then uh, um, Inside Out came back to me a couple of months ago, and they said we were thinking of re-releasing this. Because I think actually the CD hasn't been in 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 stock and definitely not the, the vinyl for a long time, and which is a shame. I think it's a great album. Yeah. So, so I said, yeah, I have this. I have this twenty four bit ninety six mixes. So they were done a couple of years ago. So I just did run it through my analog uh, compressors and equalizers and stuff, and did the masters for this, and it was. In my mind, it was meant to be even um, the CD, like using this for the, but some confusion there. <laughs> I just found out actually yesterday, but we'll see. Um, but anyway, the, the vinyl is uh, the new mixes, the, the 24-bit remixes, and I think even one song is has another two minutes extra that wasn't on the original. The very cool uh, synthesizer solo, I think, by Tom Brislin. Nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, and the funny thing, actually, believe it or not, John Anderson is coming to my hometown two days from now. I think on Wednesday, actually. Oh, nice. Playing very out cool. with the kids, you know, the school of rock kids. Right, right, right. Yeah. What are the chances? <laughs> The stage is about hey i know they record part two while he's in town i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy crazy small cool. world yeah. well uh uh royna or, or roy with an n you know our names are the same yeah, here, I just, like here. The roy and the roy, <laughs> roy, and roy. Right? Roy and roy. <laughs> yes, um, 
Always awesome talking to you, man. And uh, you're going to be on Cruise to the Edge uh, next year, right? Totally. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. All right. So I will uh, see you there again. And uh, good luck with all the many different albums and the new album. Look at you now. Uh, yeah. September 8th is out there. Go pre-order it, stream the new singles, watch the videos, all that stuff. And uh, catch the band on tour. Tour dates are on socials, web band website, all that stuff. And uh, see you soon, man. Good talking to you. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, Roy. Bye. Bye, man. Thanks to Royna for the interview. Don't forget the new album, Look at You Now, from the Flower Kings, because out on September 8th. We're going to close with a little bit of the first single, Beginner's Eyes. Follow us on progreport.com. Follow us on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts, and on our socials for all your news, interviews, reviews, and more. And we'll see you again soon. Bye.